0: Hi everyone, welcome to this new episode of Karen and Docs. I'm your host, Karen and Hines, film critic and journalist. And this is the podcast slash YouTube channel where I speak to film creatives about their work, the industry, and what inspires them. And today I'm joined by writer and director Harry Brandrick to talk about his new short film, The Out, which is... Um, it, this is a film about a father who's struggling to find his way after being released from prison. And this film has some very tense moments, but I think it also has some very poignant and endearing moments as well. And we'll get into that all. But before that, as usual, I'd like to ask my guests to say a bit about themselves. Thank you. For me. Thank you. Um, so, um, so for everyone, can you tell us what made you decide to become a writer and a director and into pursuing the work of filmmaking? Because everyone's journey is never the same. No two mm-hmm. filmmakers have the exact same journey
1: yeah totally um so yeah i mean i didn't come from like a creative background at all like i've i left school like high school at like 16 didn't really have any grades started to work in construction and various other things and then i kind of went to university a bit later in like my early 20s to study photography uh which is where i kind of got sort of like turned onto cinema was yeah i had a tutor who was she quoted like a film by Goddard, and I was just like curious. I didn't know anything about like art house or the French New Wave or anything like that. And just from that point, really, it was, um, yeah, became a bit of an obsession for me. You know, I don't know if you know the film Pierre Le-, Le Fou, where Jean-Paul Bonmonde looks into the camera and starts to talk to the audience. And at that point, I just like my head kind of exploded. And yeah.
0: I don't think I've seen it, but I think I'm getting a visual of like a clip from it where he's talking directly to his screen yeah, for it's, almost you know, the entire time of the film, right?
1: Yeah, one of the Goddard films anyways. So um, yeah, so I was, from that point, I just, yeah, like I say, became kind of obsessed, started to to uh, yeah, watch all kind of different movies, you know, mostly just like on my laptop, but a lot of the time, to be honest. Um, and then I did like an acting course as well, whilst I was in my like, final year of my photography course um and just started to become more and more curious and you know it's kind of like a kind of like a rabbit hole I suppose um but I think like quite early on I started to have a sense that I kind of wanted to to do it as well as just like be a you know an an audience member um so then when I finished my university course I moved to Paris where I worked as a bartender for a bit and then I just started to have these ideas for like a short film that I wanted to do so um yeah moved back to the UK made this short film and my goal was with that was to do uh like a master's course in directing at um the national television and film school here just outside of London um but I'd made this short and then just I kind of thought well I sort of know how to do it now and I've already got other ideas and so then I did like another short which got into like a couple festivals and then um did this one yeah which has led me to talking to you right now <laughs>
0: and here we are as I said no one's journey is the same so it's interesting that you started out from being a photographer and I think for a lot of people like it does give a being a photographer um I think lends a certain eye to filmmaking whereas Mm -hmm. we're instead of starting straight onto filmmaking because as a photographer you got to be more cognizant of how you frame a shot because you only have this one split second to Mm -hmm. capture the perfect shot whereas for a filmmaker you're able to to like do a, a shot and then be like, okay, we shoot, take from a different angle. Whereas for like, instill still photography, for instance, you you have to make sure that everything is perfect the way you want it mm. in this shot. So like, like, what was the transition for for you from um, doing photography to uh, filmmaking? Like how being a, how did being a filmmaker, what am I saying? How did being a photographer help you with um, discovering your, I guess you could say your eye as yeah. a filmmaker?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's not just, like all those things you said are true like composition and, and framing and but also it's like storytelling you know like a, a photographer tells a story in in one frame or one image you know and like I feel like yeah like the photographers that I kind of fell in love with people like Nan Goldin um, I mean Nan Goldin's a huge inspiration for me but you know they, they are like there's a lot of story actually in those in those images so I think for me Having studied those photographers, it, it felt like yeah, quite a natural. Yeah, it didn't feel too different, to be honest. You know, just it's just expanding the the the, the scope of it, I suppose, in some ways.
0: Mm. And can you say a bit about what your first short film was? Like, what was it about yeah. your first short film that you said this is the story you want to tell first?
1: Yeah, so it was so the short film. It's about a young homeless woman, and she bumps into like an ex, an ex boyfriend who I I played. Um, And the kind of the backstory is they haven't seen each other in like a long time. Obviously she wasn't homeless when they were together and it's just this kind of interaction. They kind of go for a coffee and it's, yeah, it's a lot about like what's, what isn't said kind of thing, but like super simple. Mm. Um, And I think I kind of got involved with some like housing activism here in London. Um, Like when I was at uni, there was an estate that I kind of lived nearby where they, they were getting kicked out essentially by this corporation. And um. So yeah, I just kind of got involved with housing activism then and just sort of had this idea of and yeah, that was kind of on on my mind. And then um yeah, that was kind of the framework of it. And then just thought of what what story could I tell that that sort of centered around that. And yeah, so very simple. Um didn't really like bother submitting it to, to many festivals or anything. It was more just yeah, just for the curiosity and just for like wanting to 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 make a film, really.
0: Mm. So the thing that always interests me with um, short films in particular is you, like, I think every short film that I've ever seen is usually set in one day. Or like, in a, as, like either it's like the, a full 24 hours of one day caught within a short frame, mm-hmm. or it's maybe just a couple hours of a story being told. And you have to like, for short films, you, you have to make the story so concise, but also still so deep that we get a sense of who these characters are mm-hmm. from the beginning. And you kind of, and you do that with the out oh, where like, we don't have any introduction to these characters. We don't have like a, a, a <clears throat> what's the word you call it? Mm-hmm. A prologue? Is it a prologue? Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah, you know, a backstory, yeah, yeah, Right, yeah, you know, we don't have a backstory. We don't have a prologue. So what, like, we get straight into the story. We get introduced into these characters. And like, even for like the film, the story you're talking about, you have to introduce a sense of history to the mm-hmm. characters, you know, like where like their exes, as you said. So there's, as, as romantic exes, there, there is a history, and mm. you have to be able to tell that story of like and get a sense of like why they possibly broke up and then what led them to the place they are. Yeah. And for the all, oh, we do get that. Like, we, we get a sense immediately that Liam and Jay, they're exes, of course, and they have a daughter, but just from the beginning, you can tell their relationship did not end well. They're, mm. they're uneasy, they, they have um, an acrimonious relationship, but they're still trying to do the best. For their daughter and, and we get that from basically one like the very they're like jade is only in two scenes in this entire mm-hmm. film but you get all of this sense of history into in their story so talk about the beginning the story of the all from there because like you have to introduce the, um, the audience to these three main characters so it's mm-hmm. Liam, jade and their daughter sophia and we get we already get a sense of their entire family dynamic from just that intro alone
1: yeah yeah, I mean that's exactly it. It's a, it's a balancing act, and actually, I did have too much backstory in there, and even like not even in the the script, but in the edit as well. But one of the Grace, one one of the producers on the film, she kind of said, you know, we're you're giving too much context, and like you say, you don't have that much time, so you it's you, you kind of have to get into the story. I think you know those things like you say about the interactions with with Jade and Liam. A lot of it actually comes down to the. Well, not just the performance, it's the writing as well, but it's you know, it's the it's the actors who who they give you that sense. You know, Kimberly is very talented. She, you know, I just the way she communicates with Liam, you do just get this sense. You can tell their story straight away. You don't need to be told it in any kind of like um simplistic, like easy way, or, or like you say with like a prologue. It's just like it's just there in the emotions and in the and in the in the kind of nature of that uh, interaction, I suppose um sorry I I forgot what was the second part to your question
0: no I'm sorry I I just like taught like your decision to start the story from there because like we don't for instance like the film begins really with them right on the balcony and they're having this discussion so like there isn't even a lead up like for like there isn't really any lead up to this story like you you see Liam getting ready and he has the anchor bracelet um ankle monitor not a bracelet people it's not a bracelet it's a monitor mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> and,
0: but, but you you know from the from the beginning like I think like um Alan who plays Liam I think he does such a fantastic job even from the beginning because he's nervous you can tell he's nervous he's unsure and he's he's trying his best to, to be as good as he can be mm. with what he has but then Jade and Sophia comes in And then you realize, okay, wait So this is what you did You don't know mm-hmm. what he did But you do know that whatever he did It's his fault Like mm-hmm. their relationship mm-hmm. fell apart Because it's him yeah. And it's, and he had Because he has a sense of um, contrition About yeah. him Where like And I think Alan does a very I think Alan does a very good job And the way how you direct it You can tell he's Very unsure about himself yeah. And he's very humble And like Alan holds his posture In a way where you can tell he's waiting for any kind of negative comment from jade and it's not that the comments are undeserved you can tell that he knows that he deserves whatever she has to say whatever admonishment she has to say so talk about starting the story from there especially there and how i introduced to their dynamic the way you did because like everything about that intro scene with the three of them explains the entire film like that the entire film could be encapsulated into that one scene
1: yeah i think for me like good writing is you know where character and plot are kind of the same thing mm. you know, like it's sort of it's it's the yeah the character is is driving the plot, but you're also what they do and how they behave with other people is is illuminating the both the character but also driving the story forward so to me that just felt like the 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 right place to start that story there because straight away we're we're given like we know what's gonna we know what it's about we're given the premise we're given all the essential bits of information but um like you say, there's also stuff in there about, about the character and about their relationship. And it's just, you kind of, I suppose, you're just like working it in just sort of subtly. And and it, yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a balance in that for sure.
0: Mm. And when and as as I was saying just now, like a lot of the balance they add has to do with, like you said, like the character and the plot have to be kind of like in, ingrained into each other. Mm. Like there's no time, especially for a sharp film, there's no time for re- great exposition. So... Mm. I, I I was gonna start. I was gonna talk about the acting later, but from what you're saying, like, and, and thinking about it, I think we should actually really start with the casting because, like, mm. the ca- these characters don't work without the performances, and they don't work without the performance because so much of who Liam is, in particular, comes through in the way that Alan plays him. So, yeah. um, talk about casting Alan and even and even um Jade with Kimberly Okoye, and because mm. like they start the entire film off, like, because everything yeah. that happens afterwards with Marcus is like you like, there's a, something where she tells him basically like, don't fuck this up mm. and like you can tell every decision that he makes after that is because he's keeping what she said in in mind the entire time he's thinking don't mess this up you can't yeah mess this exactly up. We talk about like just like the casting for them because like that's so important with this particular story
1: yeah for sure so Alan is a friend of a friend um I didn't know him like two well actually before we we worked together on this but <laughs> He, he was part of quite a successful like comedy show here in in the UK called People Just Do Nothing, and I kind of I, I just loved the show. And I had this one when I started to write the script, I sent it to my friend who was the kind of intermediary between us. And like quite early on, he was just really keen to do it. And we sat down and had a coffee and just spoke about some of the ideas. And the script was quite a lot different to the final script, but just yeah, he was. Just, <clears throat> He was just very keen to, to be on board. So yeah, Alan was the first kind of um actor who came on board. And then I worked with a really great casting director called um Louise Collins, Collins Casting. She um, yeah, and she found everyone else essentially. So I suppose in some way, because I had already had Alan, it was quite not easy, but there was a sort of there's something to work from in terms of the casting. So with Alan there, I think, yeah, Louise obviously very like talented casting director, came, found Kimberly and just yeah, just straight, you know, from the from the off, really, you got a sense that they they would just kind of work together. And I think casting is an underrated art, I think. Like it's so important. And when you get a when you work with a casting director and they send you someone through and it's just like it, you just get that sense straight away. And it's it's kind of, yeah, it's a mysterious, kind of beautiful thing when it when it comes off.
0: No, it's like casting is as you said, an unappreciated art because and you know what, the Oscars really do need to have uh um a cat a category for best casting and best casting director It's if they're from after yeah. all these major awards like
1: yeah
0: a film like a director yes you have the story you have the cinematography you have the score you have the characters but it doesn't work unless the casting is done right and the casting can only yeah. really be done right is if the casting director knows and has a person in mind they're okay this is who i envision to play this this scene and this is who I envision to work with these other people. And yeah. it's, it's it's a magic trick because like they yeah, have to be is. able to like, no, I think intuitively know what you as a director and the writer want, but mm. then also have to be able to, I think also to me, think about what the, um, the performers will do within these performances. Mm. They have to envision these people playing these parts. and you know, they, yeah. they, they really know. They
1: know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It is amazing. And like, I think for me as well, when I'm, working with actors and when i'm talking to, to to actors about roles it's like it's trying to get a sense of like who they are as a person you know because that's that's who they're bringing to this obviously they're artists and they're creating something but it's like yeah it's it's a very um like you say kind of a magic trick for sure yeah It is. Yes. And they <laughs> are better
0: but um, <laughs> <laughs> um but um but going from um, but going from that with the talking about the performances um so for for liam he he's He's one of those characters where you, you feel for him. And a lot of that has to do, again, with Alan's performance. And like, like when I was watching this, because I've watched it like maybe three, like four or five times. already. When, <laughs> when I was watching, it, I just kept thinking, like, yes, he's a criminal. He, he's a felon. And that's obvious because he's wearing the icon um, the monitor. But then you can also tell that he's a man, a father who's trying to do his best. Mm-hmm. And he's learning, he's now learning what it means to be a father. And even in this short space of time, he's learning with the responsibility of being a father. Mm-hmm. You know, he's learning about the, f- the fear of, yeah. of being responsible for a small human being. Like yeah. I like, I like pe- looking after children is terrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah you're you're that nothing happens to them mm-hmm. in the entire time that you're watching them. But and so he has that fear, but then he's also worrying about disappointing Jade. You know, he has all of this. And then here along here comes Marcus. And and Marcus is is a character where I think something that and I did, I never really thought about it until I actually was watching this, is like where you have people who are drug addicts, like they're they're so dangerous. Mm. And they're dangerous in the sense that they they pose a threat to help people to the life that people are trying to rebuild. And in Liam's case, he's trying to rebuild this relationship with his daughter. Mm. He's trying to rebuild the stability of a relationship with Jade, but Marcus is like is like a whirlwind and he's posing a, a very real danger to this life that Liam is trying to build. And he's he's also posing a danger to his freedom because if anything goes wrong, Liam could end right back up in prison. So talk about yeah. that story, that part of the story and like the I think I think to me Liam uh, Marcus is a metaphor for the challenges that that people, especially people who are like form or recovering drug addicts, and people who are trying to stay out of the prison system like marcus is a like a threat to everything so talk mm. about that element of the story and and developing marcus
1: yeah i just i suppose i wanted to explore like there is a sort of toxic relationship sometimes with people in particularly like addicts together like that part is kind of like the, the story is based on kind of real life but also not in the sense of like my dad was a heroin addict and um yeah, he had a, a he had an ex-wife who was an addict as well. And it's just, I think that dynamic is, yeah, I mean, it's sort of sad, but also, like, from a dramatic standpoint, it's quite interesting to explore. And particularly with, like, two men as well, there's a sort of, there's a top, I'm sort of overusing this buzzword toxic here, but, like, is there is sort of, like <laughs> but there is this sort of, like, yeah, kind of darkness to, like, these male friendships sometimes, and particularly when they're addicts as well. Um and I kind of just wanted to to explore that in, in in a way, but also it does obviously give that narrative momentum to drive the story forward too. So it's yeah, it's kind of both both of those things.
0: Mm. It is and like you say like you don't want to use the word toxic, but it is toxic. For one thing, drugs yeah. like heroin, like those kind of those kind of drugs are literally literally toxic substances yeah. and they're corrosive. But yeah. in a metaphorical sense, like it is toxic, like what the, the toxicity of these drugs to their lives both to Liam and to Marcus, because we see like what happens what can happen to people if they're not able to get out of that like if they're not able mm. to to get out of the toxicity of um, of addiction whereas uh, Liam is showing the possibilities of that you know of the people yeah. make that determination I'm going to do everything I can to stay clean I'm going to do everything I can to to change my life around so like it's, mm-hmm. it's like there's the there's the balancing that's also another balancing act in the film as well because is showing like both the light and the dark side and the yeah. the, the, the possibilities of re, of becoming a recovering addict and then for those who are unfortunately able to to come out of that addiction
1: yeah that's it and I, you know I think it's kind of common for addicts to say you know to when you get to like different stages of addiction like for, for my dad you know he was addicted for like 10 20 maybe even 30 years so like when you're at that level it really takes a lot a lot to 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 not be an addict. Cause it's just, it's your world at that point, you know, it's everything. And like, um, a lot of people will say, you know, you have to leave people behind, you have to leave friends who are addicts behind you. Like you can't, you can't be so sober and clean and be friends with that person. Cause it's just, it's too inherent in the, in those relationships. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of it as well. Mm, yeah. Because
0: that's, and that's the struggle that Liam has because, when Marcus turns up, he has Sophie there. And in my head, I'm thinking, dude, why are you letting this man in your house? You yeah, know, yeah. But 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 there is this, but like you can tell Liam is, he's thinking of who he was as an addict and who he was as a friend in that circumstance with Marcus because that lets him drop his guard down when he shouldn't mm, have. And he's yeah. a very bad decision that could have ended things for him in a very bad way. And like, I was watching, I'm mean, like, why are you letting this man who's mm-hmm. clearly um in withdrawal symptoms in your house and around your child like from and that just also I think brings from the fact that Liam has no idea how to be a parent because yeah. like, if he had the experience like of being a parent he would know your the safety of they your child is your first priority like, yeah yeah
1: right? but I, think, I, I think for me as well like when I was writing it, I was kind of thinking like like you were saying at the start he's like very unsure and like you know it's like you you said he was humble you know when he's talking to 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 jay to kimberly and like there's a sort of humbleness and there's a sheepishness and you kind of get you know he he looks vulnerable Mm -hmm. and i feel like when marcus comes along it's you know he's kind of like i don't know there's something there that he doesn't want to give up and like particularly you know they have a bit of um like banter when they're on the balcony and i think yeah there is a moment of weakness but it's also like you know he's vulnerable and he's got he's there's this person that's turned up and he's there's something there with this with this with this friend that they had before. And like um, yeah, I think that's that's part of it. It's that was kind of tough writing it, trying to think, you know, why would he invite this person in? But um
0: for yeah. of all things.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But I think it's yeah, he's kind of he wants to give up this life, but he was also still clinging on to it in a sense. Mm. And you know, he's kind of I kind of thinking about it now, you know, maybe he's lonely, you know, like so there's yeah, there's that as well.
0: Yeah, because I got the sense that um this is the first time that he's had anyone come to him since yeah like I, I get the sense that he's fresh out of prison, like maybe like yeah. maybe within the same week. So this is the first interaction he's had with someone outside of prison yeah, that isn't be. connected to like the prison system.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um and it's yeah, it's tough because you know, people make rational decisions all the time and sometimes in a script or a film and it doesn't feel true it it obviously like stands out a lot so it's yeah it's about giving it giving those irrational decisions enough of like an emotional um kind of motivation to to feel real Mm. Mm. right and
0: like you're saying something and is something I just clicked in my head so like we were talking about the film kind is talking about basically like balances and Mm -hmm. I think it also talks about duality as well because like speaking about Jade like Jade like she 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 um she starts out in the first in the conversation with um, Liam they like you know they kind of started with the same like easygoing way you know like catching up like how are you doing Mm -hmm. is that school going good you know I'm like catching up with school and all this and then she like stretches a flip and she's like don't mess this shit up you know Like, like once she starts talking about. The responsibility of being a parent she's fl- she flips a, sw- a switch and she's just like i'm not messing with you like this is yeah not yeah that is it. you have a responsibility you you can't mess this up mm-hmm. and marcus kind of does and marcus also has the duality where and it kind of made me think of like how drug addicts are so good at manipulating people and in weaseling people and weaseling their way into um into spaces and ingratiating themselves to people because they all their ultimate goal is to is to get the drug is to get high, and they're going to do what they have to and like marcus case he starts out the same way congenial and he very you know does the same easygoing conversation with marcus and like they're cashing up like they're like their best buddies from school Mm -hmm. and then once he realizes he can't get what he want from liam he flips a switch too and he's like, like super aggressive and violent in his speech and his mannerisms and then even for Liam, he does the same thing too. Like he, mm. uh, in, he's like humble. His um, body posture is um kind of reserved and on mm. and unsure and insecure. But then once he realizes, like, oh shit, like I I messed up and I need to fix this situation now. Especially because Sophia, he has Sophia to think about. He also starts. He also flips his switch with Marcus, and you mm. can see the person he was before you know like he was Mm. aggressive and he and he can be physically violent if he needs to be so talk about that that aspect of the film because i think it's interesting all three of these characters are like have like they're able to flip a switch and also that's also i gotta praise the actors for that because all three of them do such a fantastic job of switching modes in very short instances
1: yeah that's it um yeah i don't know. you know for me that's just people you know people are complex and people have hidden depths and depending on what situation you're in different aspects of your personality can can come to the fore and like you yeah, particularly what you were saying about Marcus you know like drug addicts particularly you know th- with very addictive drugs like crack and heroin, you know they will you've just gotta get high because it's always you're sick, you know what I mean and like um yeah that that like manipulative and you kind of he, yeah he does kind of um yeah that definitely manipulates Liam and Liam's kind of drawn into it a little bit and like um yeah I think f- f- I was just. I just want to write like complex characters, you know, to me, they feel more real. They're more interesting to watch on screen. And like, um, it just, it just lent itself to, to the story that I was, that I was trying to tell. But um, yeah, I'm really glad you say that. Cause yeah, the, like all the actors were just, just completely nailed those, the, those, um, those facets of, of the character.
0: Mm, right. And you mentioned like some of this, some aspects of the film are based on like your own experiences as a, as a child right, with a father who was um, addicted to drugs. So, when you're writing a script like this, like you said like this the, the finished script, it was in your original, um, was in the original um version. So, mm. but when you're writing a story like this and does deal with a topic where like where like you have to like kind of like process your emotions or maybe even distance yourself from them because you don't want to make it too much. It's not a biography, you yeah, know. It's not yeah. you're not writing your life story, but you're still, yeah. still, still drawing inspiration from your life. Like as a writer, um, how are you able to like add in what adding the emotional elements that from your experiences help you to like really to these these characters and help you make the story more realistic but then also back off and say i this is not an autobiography this is not a this is not about me exposing my heart and my guts yeah. to like the audiences like that will be a different story that will be a whole that's another film that's another story yeah. but like how do you like how do you also balance the the inspiration um from the reality
1: yeah i mean for, so for me it's like they're not my memories mm-hmm. but they're like well, that's they on my memory sorry, but they're like they didn't—they're not my experiences story. What I meant to say, like they're things that happen. It's like family history, and um, it's kind of for me, it's a bit confusing because like my mum, to protect us from that relationship, she kind of we didn't really speak a lot about it, mm. and so for me, like I, I kind of grew up like you know filling in the gaps, and I was I was quite unsure about like what that relationship was and what my family history even was and what my dad's history even was. It's only as I got older that I really understood so um yeah it's it's you know I was reading an interview actually with uh Charlotte Wells who did the After Sun I haven't Mm -hmm. seen it actually but um she was saying you know it's like there's an uneasy kind of um dichotomy between like how much you're inspired by it but also it's a fiction do you know what I mean you're like you're creating something so for me like I use these kind of like this family history as a as a way in but like you say it's not a document i'm not trying to like represent anything it's like um, i'm i'm a filmmaker and i want to make a film so obviously i'm going to use stuff that that's like personal to me but but to me that's just that's just what art is you know what i mean you're sort of taking something um taking something that's in, in in you and like creating something new with it to share with people and that's so yeah it is but it is exactly like you say it is a real like um yeah you're sort of processing things and and sometimes there can be a tendency to like maybe like be a little bit over introspective but you've got to remember that you're telling a story and and like yeah it's weird it's okay it's kind of difficult to explain because it's, it's a difficult thing to like navigate when you're doing it. it is it's a weird like you say distancing and, and um getting close to your emotions without yeah being too autobiographical about it
0: Mm, yeah, I imagine it can be like kind of tricky. And I've yeah. seen After Sun. That's one of those films I think I need to rewatch it because I was watching. I'm like, what is this film about? But that's <laughs> not that it's bad. It's just like I think I think Sundays are specific films. Like if you were if you're in a particular frame of mind, like you kind of like, miss what is it resonate. So. Yeah. It sounds
1: yeah. like I haven't it sounds like quite mysterious. I quite know. mysterious film in a sense. I, I yeah, I need to see it to be it's honest. It's
0: an interesting film because it's about this family and daughter and they're on a on a on a vacation. I think it's yeah. in Somewhere in Greece, I think possibly, but yeah. it's just like it's interesting. Like it has a like, really good um, cinematography, and like, I think I just need to rewatch it. But yeah, you yeah, it and it. see what you think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but let me talk a bit about the writing. Not for the directing of these scenes. Like this film takes place m- mostly in one location, mm. and that's in Liam's house, and that's part um partly. Um, because like he, I, I assume because he has anchor brace, um, the anchor monitor, yeah. so he can't go very far from his home. So everything t- starts out, like it starts on the balcony and then it goes into his house and we get his space. And then like the only exterior shot we have is like when he has to go and find Marcus to get this, mm-hmm. bag. this Ikea, I love Ikea bags. They're so, they're so versatile. <laughs> yeah. He has to go and like, get this Ikea bag with stuff in it, which is one of them is Sophia's bunny. And that's his main objective is to mm-hmm. get this stuff bunny back. But, like, talk about the directing of the film and, like, just the location of where you uh, where you from and how you, you worked around the challenges of that location because it's, like, it's kind of, like, a small, confined space. Like, yeah. the balcony, I think, was interesting because it's a narrow space and it's long and you mm-hmm. have to get all of these different shots from different angles to show the characters' faces. And then in the halls, that's also a small space, too. So talk about mm-hmm. the challenges of directing that and, like, why you picked the locations you picked.
1: Yeah, I mean to be honest, like you're you're thinking of that stuff when you're writing the scripts, and like for me, like money-wise, it's like you're constantly always having to think about like you know, what's achievable within the re- with the, the resources that, mm. that I've got. So it's like those, yeah, it's not like you kind of write something and then it's you're chopping and changing it, and, and it's kind of like from the very beginning you're sort of working. It's hard because you have to think practically, but obviously, cr- you know, creative thinking isn't practical a lot of the time it's just like free flowing so it's kind of like you have to um yeah you have to be just be practical for me like I've, i I've produced with someone but I'm quite very like I'm kind of like the lead producer so it's like I'm doing all the locations and like the, the, the financing and stuff so and I did that on my last two shorts so when I came into this one it was it, from the very beginning I was thinking right I need this to be like not many locations um, the flat that we shot in was actually a friend of mine's. Um, the house that we shot in was the house that I was renting at the time. So it's like from the beginning, you're really just thinking like, what you know, how can you, how can you tell this story and with the resources that you got? So it's yeah, it's more of a practical consideration, but the creativity comes. Those limitations are what, what feeds the creativity in, in right. a way. Um, but yeah, difficult, difficult, to, difficult to, to like, particularly the kitchen. I mean, it works quite well in the end because it's like a claustrophobic scene and it's quite tense. So, like the kind of closeness and and the, you know, sometimes the face kind of obscures the camera. And that, to, for me, like it, yeah, it kind of works with the scene because it's it's quite a. It, I just feel like it adds to the sort of um, claustrophobia of the scene um, and probably what the characters are feeling as well. But yeah, it's 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 difficult. And yeah, the scene at my house was um was a bit easier. I had a bit more space, but like yeah I was just worried about breaking something because it was like we were just about to move out and I didn't want to get my landlord to like give me a big fight in fact the scene you know where you kind of like pushes them against the wall we had, yeah, we, had yeah. to, we had to do that like four or five times I was sat in, in in the bathroom which is just the opposite side and he kept pushing him and pushing him, and I was thinking if he does this like two more times I swear to god that wall was gonna go it wasn't like uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't uh it was a uh, What's it called? It wasn't like a supporting wall. Do you know what I mean? It, like, yeah, So yeah, it's it's it was tricky. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're like, guys, please, I need to get my security pass. I, I
1: wasn't. I was just like, do it harder, do it harder. <laughs> I'll <Like, yeah>. um, <laughs> worry about after. No,
0: you're like, it hey, will make the scene truly authentic, and then you're like, yeah, after yeah, yeah. Like, know like, I have to do it
1: through the wall? Yeah, yeah. Too <laughs> authentic, too authentic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's 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 tricky, but um. Yeah, it's kind of part of the thinking, like when you're when you're developing it. So it's um yeah yeah
0: right. Um, so we've talked a bit about the the adults. So I'll talk a bit about directing um children because Sophia, she's about what seven eight. So mm-hmm. is this your first time directing a child actor?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. So, yeah. like, what was it like for you having to direct a not only a child actor and like working with a, a, a child character, but in one in a story like this? Because as I say, in, like for me, like when I was watching this, my concert with Sophia, because I was just like, why? Like, yeah. like this man around this keeping man around your yeah. child, but like that's about that uh, they as I said that's about how like, where Liam is mentally. Like he's now learning to adjust to being a father, but mm-hmm. as a director, you still have to like think about what the story is and like how how this story relates to a child because like as a child she doesn't fully understand what's happening around her, but yeah. um, but for the adults who realize this situation is very dangerous. So like for you like writing that part of the story, but then also directing um and directing that character
1: yeah it's it's interesting isn't it because like heroin addiction and children just seems completely like well oh, like it shouldn't be anywhere near each other yeah. so um and yeah like working with the with so with our uh, savannah who's just like an amazing child actor she's just like so talented her, her you know her mum was like so supportive as well so that made a huge difference she was she was with us on the day mm. um and also like I, I i i we did a like a rehearsal but like we rehearsed a couple of scenes but for me it's like I just want to have people in the same space before we go into the shoot just to like feel connected on a kind of human level you know and like there's always trust is a huge part of, of filmmaking I think um and but yeah working with Savannah she's just so good she was just so talented like just it was like mind-blowing to me I was kind of in awe of her but I didn't want to be too lazy like I was always like like didn't want to be too sycophantic kind of thing but um she was just so good to work with and like her mum was so supportive and like um it was yeah I wanted to protect her because it's like it's not something a child really needs to learn uh, about at that age you know it's like it's not something that um so yeah it was it was just amazing it was such a great experience to to work to work with her you know something something about having a child on set as well just really just helps lift people and 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 um yeah it was just great i kind of I'd like to work with kids again to be honest it was it was a really great experience
0: yeah because like having it like for for kids like you got to be able to like keep the atmosphere more light because like, you have mm. to make sure, like they don't feel like brought down by the by the story and like even yeah. though even if like for instance like if a film is like traumatic or whatever like you have to make sure that like, you protect their psyche in a way yeah totally. like they're not being directly affected by the story itself
1: yeah yeah that's it but you know there is that's that's where you work with really talented artists and, and, and technicians who, you know, like we'll shoot a really intense scene and then it ends and you're just having banter and like joking around. And it's like, it's just, you know, it's working with, with such talented people. You, you, you know, when you say action, it's that's it, you're working and, and, and that creativity kind of comes out. But, um you know, when you're not, when you're not, when the camera's not rolling, you're just a bunch of people just hanging out really like we're trying to, you know, working together. So, um, and yeah, she was just she was just so great, yeah. And yeah, she got really upset when when the film was ended because she had such a good time. She like cried, and it was just like the most like yeah, just just wonderful thing. <laughs> That's
0: why I love kids. They're so resilient. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's true. And and, and, and in fact, it's like, like on a serious point, like kids are really resilient and very insightful. And like you know, I have a respect for her. Like she she's a you know she's a young child, but I'm like you know she's got her own thoughts and her own feelings and her own. um, yeah, her own ideas, so it's like, I, I just try and, you know, it's like there's a respect there uh, as well, to be honest.
0: Right, they're very insightful. I've worked with kids um, before I was, no, I should, before. Well, I, when I started my work as a film critic, I was working at a, um, a public school, and mm. I worked with kindergartners and middle schoolers, and, like, kids, they, like, kids say some of the most intuitive and insightful things and they pick up I always tell people kids don't ever underestimate each other because they see way more
1: yeah that's it and you know as an artist that's you want that's do you want to be that you need that that inner child is that curiosity that insightfulness that's you know you've got to kind of nurture that so um yeah
0: (laughs) yeah you do like you do I love kids they terrify me yeah, I love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted. So for the film, I guess, like we like the film, as we said, is set in um, one day and is set within like a short, very short space of time, like maybe one hour, two hours. But for how how long was the filming for this actually?
1: Um. So, well, it's actually set over twenty four hours. Actually, so it's like <laughs> yeah. So it's like well, it's like one day. So we, mm. she she drops her off in the morning. And then the next day she collects her so the kind of action takes place but most of everything
0: takes place within like the
1: the first yeah 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 most it's yeah it takes place within like a day and then there's like he puts her to bed and then she comes to pick her up so um but yeah it took it was a three-day shoot
0: that's that's quick
1: (laughs) yeah it's quick i mean it's it's the it's the the financial constraints you need to be so economical and like you've, you've got to plan everything you know really really planning um I'm working with you know I'm working with the crew who are like taking a bit of a pay cut to work with me so I'm just you know you want to make things just as easy and as as, as kind of uh, efficient as possible so mm. uh, yeah it's funny you talk about short you show people films and they people think you're shooting for like days on end you know <laughs> and it's just like it's, it's not like that yeah
0: no sometimes you, sometimes I think um sometimes you can get the best stories in like the shortest space of time um there's like a film that we i we interviewed the lead actress called the inspection with jeremy pope Mm. and when you watch this film you think this film takes like they had like maybe like a two three months to film this film they did not they filmed this this entire film in 19 days and i'm like what
1: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's amazing what you can do with like a good team and good production and good planning Uh, it's all that stuff has to Support the the filmmaking. Well, it is the the filmmaking. You know that is filmmaking, like producing and and doing a shot list, doing a schedule. That's filmmaking. It's it's all part of the the process.
0: Right, that's true. Because um, I think for a lot of people, they think just filmmaking is just taking the camera, calling action, filming the scenes, and cut, and that's it. But there's so much planning that goes on before. Then there's the planning that happens during that you have to be adapt. I think one of the um, I think one of the most underrated aspects of filmmaking, especially for directors and for actors and crew, is you have to be adaptable.
1: You know, mm. you got to be able
0: to adjust like on the fly. If something doesn't quite work, you got to be able to say, "Okay, wait, this isn't working. Let's try this again." And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and work around whatever new obstacles or challenges are. Even if you realize this, like when you have it on paper, what you envision on paper isn't the reality, and you have to. Yeah. Be able to say, this is what I think. This is where I'm going I want the story to go. So I think that's something, especially for sharp films. Again, like. Um, like We're talking like you have to think, think about financial constraints and time constraints and be respectful of the t- of the time that everyone has to dedicate to this. Because mm. for many short films, especially for independent filmmakers like yourself, you don't have a huge budget. You don't have like, yeah. a big studio backing you. So you have to be uh, very aware of the kind of like the sacrifices that people are making yeah, totally. to be able to work with you.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, I'm, I live in London and I'm sort of blessed with like there's a lot of film industry and just so I, you know, I've done a few short films and like the first thing I kind of feel after is just like, just such admiration for the crew, you know, they're like they work such long hours. And I I think there's a bit of a shift going on at the moment where they're starting to ask for a little bit more from, from the studios and stuff, but like just in awe of them, like, man, they just, they just work so hard. They're so professional. They're so dedicated. Um, and that's you know they make the film they, the film mm-hmm. without without the crew so yeah just props to props to the crew yeah
0: no for true I always have respect for crew and I always try to show my appreciation because one and once actors have gone home it's the crew that have to take everything down yeah. and start they like, take the sets on and then start set the set stuff up for the next shot or for the next day
1: and yeah, like, yeah. they're the
0: ones that are like left before they're the last ones to turn the lights off so yeah yeah sex. yeah yeah yeah
1: for, yeah, for sure
0: that's yeah and, like, and especially for like short films like you really wouldn't be able to especially when you have such when you have really small budgets you also have to like you have when you have crew who know what they're doing you know who yeah. are so um professional and like yeah unprofessional as in like a work ethic but who know the business who know filmmaking like you know yeah, they have yeah, the, yeah. the art of filmmaking itself and like for you as a, as a director i think like you, like you said, you started out doing photography and like you even took an acting, you said even to acting courses, and I think that's mm. so important for, for directors, like, cause it gives you a more well-rounded experience of, of, of the craft itself and being mm. able to understand it from different perspectives.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. But also, you know, just watching, watching movies and I feel like, you know, with the crew that they, they they believe in your vision. They, they they like, they have an emotional connection to that. To that to that idea as well. And it's when you work with them and their artists as well and they're bringing their own kind of thing into it. And that's 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 what the film ends up being. You know, it's a it's just a celebration of collaboration more more than anything.
0: No, it really is. Um so I think that's it because it's 45 minutes and I promise Go. you 45 minutes. But <laughs> 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 so this was a great conversation. Thank you so much for talking with me, um, Harry. I I think this film I'm always so I, I one of the things I love about doing my job, and I say this all the time, but I mean it. But <laughs> I always when I always take great joy like when I start a film, like and I, I read the synopsis, but then sometimes I you get to know you really, really get to a sense of the film and even the filmmakers from the films, because <laughs> uh, some some synopsis as as well as they're written, don't really tell you. They don't really prepare you for the story or even for the acting and the development of everything. So um I I I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me about this film with the Up because it made me think about things that I that I I never really thought about before. Yeah.
1: yeah. And
0: also about the challenges of creating (laughs) short films and especially for stories like this, because um, like. I think for me, filmmaking is a way of learning more about the world as well as learning more about art. And like, no matter how many years—I'm thirty-nine—I've been watching films my entire life. But that's still—I that still don't know everything about filmmaking. I yeah, still yeah. haven't seen every like iteration of any possible story. I haven't yeah. seen any type of performance. So I appreciate you for talking to me about this and for making this film because this made me think about things differently.
1: Oh no, it's cool. Thank you so much. It's yeah, it's been really wonderful talking to you. And thank you for the support. And yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So everyone, that was another episode of Carolyn Toss. And in this episode, I spoke with filmmaker Harry Brandrick about his short film, The Alt, which um, showed at various London and international film festivals this year. And as he mentioned, at the end, it will be showing at another film festival in January. And I'll provide the links and details for that in the description box for the podcast post as well as YouTube posts as well. And I really appreciate Harry taking the time for speaking to me. I also have a blast talking filmmakers. I just love learning more about filmmaking from the perspective of creatives and from the perspective of the people who come up with these stories. I love Canary, that always fascinates me. You start with a story on paper and then you get all these people together to make a, this a, and bring this story to life. So that's always one of the things that always fascinates me about film. And this film, I think it, like, I love that it's unexpectedly about dualities and it's about dichotomies in like people's relationships and also people's personalities and experiences which, again, unexpected when I started watching this film. But I was like, you know, then I was like, you know, what? look at all of these themes. I really appreciate it. So I appreciate Harry, again, <laughs> taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate all the work that actors and the crew and everyone who worked with him um, put in to make this film. And you can find other episodes of Carolyn Talks as on my podcast channel. So that will be on ACAST if you're listening to ACAST on Google Podcasts, as well as on aboutwido.net. You'll find links there. You'll find links on my authoring page. That's dot com slash Carolyn Hines. You can find links to the podcast there, to the YouTube channel there, and to all of my published writing, interviews, reviews, film analysis, and the like. You can go on my YouTube channel. So that'll be YouTube.com slash at symbol carolyn underscore heinz for the video versions of my um interviews for carolyn talks as well as for the africa um, virtual roundtables. tables and i haven't done it in a while but for um beyond the reminds which is my asian drama podcast channel i will be trying to do i will be re- kind of like restarting that in 2023 because we took a, um, an unofficial hiatus for a while because i needed to sort stuff out but um i missed doing it so i'll be doing that again And everyone, until the next episode of Carolyn Talks, stay safe. Oh, wait. And you can, as usual, find me on Instagram and Twitter at CarrieCNH1, that's C-R-R-I-E-C-N-H-1-2. Tweeting about my stuff, you can go to my pinned tweets for links to my my latest published work and my Instagram page, you'll find links to the interviews and everything that I do there as well. Um, I think that's it. So until the next episode of Carolyn Talks, everyone, stay safe.